Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Good morning, guys. (laughs) So I'm not Jake or Joe. Uh, If you do not know me, my name is Jessica, and I am going to be giving the word to you guys this morning uh, for the Summer of Love series. Oh, there's my name. (laughs) Uh, This is not my normal forte. I'm way more comfortable behind the instrument and singing, Um, so just pray with me, and um, I'm going to say a lot of different things, so just kind of take what you need. Um, I'm going to be talking about love, obviously, with Summer of Love. And love being a journey, um, much like life. And so I have some stories to share with y'all from my years at Baylor. Um, (laughs) Sick (laughs) them. So I'm going to pray and then I'll get into it. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for this day. God, we really do thank you, um, God, for Father's Day. God, for, um, for you being the great father. God, for those of us who maybe had absent fathers or negligent fathers. God, you show us um, the example. God, through your word and just through who you are. And so, God, we just thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would um, speak through me. God, I pray that you would calm any type of nerves or anything like that. And just pray, God, that you um, will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I'm going to start my story um, high school, and then I'll, I'll get to the, the big story. <laughs> so I went to school in Pflugerville. Um, shout out Trevor. <laughs> went to the same school, uh, Conley. And then uh, Logan also, he went to Pflugerville. He's a rival school. We don't talk about that. But uh, I went to school in Pflugerville, and as most um, good parents, they tell you to you know, go to college, get a degree, get a good job. And so uh, I did that. I went to Baylor. And uh, shout out, I won't shout you guys, I know y'all are, don't like to be shouted out. But um, I went to Baylor for four years and I graduated and believe it or not, I was extremely nervous. Um, part of me didn't want to go and that's another story for a different day. But um, we get there and Baylor has this thing they call welcome week. And so all the freshmen get there a week early and kind of get initiated into college life. And... Um, just kind of getting used to the room, our roommates and our uh, resident assistants and all that kind of stuff, and just making sure that we're acclimated to the campus. Um, and so I get there a week early, and of course my mom, she's very uh, protective. <laughs> and so she had read all these articles, and one of them told, uh, said that you should meet two new people every day your freshman year um, for the first semester for to have a good experience. And so, of course, she tells this to me, and I'm like, okay, that sounds decent. That sounds good, you know. I didn't know anybody there at the time. Um, uh, I had some family, kind of like pseudo family who lived there, but no one went to the school. And so I was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And so my thing was, I'll start with my roommate, obviously, because we're going to be in the same room for a year together. Um, and so I get there, and... She's already there with her grandmother. They're already, like, done packed and everything. 
And my, me and my mom were there, and I were like, hey, how are y'all? And crickets. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> so we're just like, okay, whatever. So we're, we're, we're packing. And I mean, like, as soon as we get in there, they're, they're gone. Like, they immediately leave. So I'm like, this is going to be an interesting semester, at least. Um, and so that was the beginning of kind of our relationship. It was very rocky. Um, for the first three weeks, at least, we said a handful of words to each other. And um, I'm not the most extroverted, but if we're going to room together, we should have some type of relationship. And so um, I'll just say she wasn't fond of me. So you can fill in the blanks with that. Um, but me being me, I was like, I'm going to take it on as a challenge. Um, and so I was going <laughs> to make her love me um, in, the, in the godliest, nicest way possible. Um, and so that's kind of where I'm coming from today is what do you do when loving someone is difficult? Um, whether that's you trying to love them and then rejecting it or them being difficult to love. Um, I think I'm like all everywhere. That's, Aubrey, I'm sorry. <laughs> so um, usually uh, media and culture kind of tells us you know, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then this will happen. Um, and so they give you these steps, you know, you grow up here and you get good grades, and you graduate, you go to get a degree, you get a good uh, job, you get married, you have two kids and a picket fence and all this kind of stuff. And it, make, it makes it look like uh, something like this. So can you go to that? So it's like boom, 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 right? Life is nothing like that. <laughs> Go to the next slide. This is what life really looks like. Right? So you start at A, and then you're kind of just like, Z, A, I made it. You know? Um, if you were in the Olympics, that would not be good points for that. Um, and it's hard because if you find yourself somewhere in the middle, you don't know where you are. You know, you can't assess your progress. And so much like life um, is, looks like that, our relationships look like that. Whether it's with your parents or friends or coworkers, it's never just a straight line. And so this was a relationship that I had with my college roommate. Um, I didn't know where it was gonna end up. <laughs> so back to the story, uh, we had a welcome week uh, mixer and basically, all the freshmen would go outside, and I don't know if it's called a mixer, I can't remember what it's called, um, and just kind of get to know other freshmen and um, learn about the different organizations at the school. And so for whatever reason, I don't know why, she was like, hey, Jessica, do you want to come with me? And I was like, sure. Because like, like I told you, like, literally we, we never talked to each other. It was just that awkward. And so I'm being an introvert. I wasn't going to go. But since she was like, hey, do you want to go? I was like, sure, I'll go. So I go with her. And um, this is maybe like the second or third day. And um, we're talking about, you know, majors, where you grew up and stuff like that. And so I figure out she's a neuroscience major. And I'm like, oh, that's really cool. 
And then literally right after that, she just gets up and walks away. <laughs> just like leaves me there, like sitting by myself. And I was like, okay, this is awkward. And so I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. Like I've been trying like do, you know, I'm kind of a jokester. So I'll try like make jokes and like they, they weren't working. And then that happens and she just walks away. So I'm like, okay. I'm not moving out of my dorm <laughs> and I'm, I'm just not doing that. So we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to figure this out. And so in this situation, hindsight 2020, obviously, I wasn't thinking about all this at the time, but I was just like, I'm not gonna let this relationship end like this. Um, and so I remember like nights, I would just be praying for her and praying for me, just like, Lord help me to be able to interact with her in a way that would engage her. Um, Cause I knew that I wasn't like a, tor- a terrible person. I knew that a part of it was probably, you know, she could sense I was like spiritual and she wasn't and uh, I'm black and she wasn't. And so there was a lot of different things going on in that. But I was like, I knew myself, I knew what I carried in me. I knew the love of God that I carried in me and I wanted to carry that with her. And so, uh, you can go to the next slide. <laughs> so yeah, I refused to lose and I began to pray and nothing really happened uh, immediately. I didn't have, you know, the clouds didn't open up and the next day she was like, oh my gosh, you're the best ever. No. Um, there was another week or so where we didn't talk very much and, you know, thankfully I had other friends that I had met because of my mom's idea of making friends. Um, and so I wasn't completely alone, but I still wanted to have that connection with her. Um, and so I just kept loving on her, um, in simple ways and tried to be myself in that space, even though it was really awkward. And so I would, you know, dance or play music or whatever, sing, um, just to make her know that I was comfortable in that space and I wasn't going to back down, but I also wanted her to be comfortable with me. Um, And so it, of course, hindsight reminded me of Jeremiah 31 and 3. And it says that I have loved you with an everlasting love and I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. And the King James Version says that I have drawn you with loving kindness. And I didn't know at the time I was doing that. I was just trying to be a good friend to someone who wasn't my friend yet Um, and in many ways now I can see the way that God does that with us Um, in fact this was the Lord speaking to Israel at the time telling them that he was going to draw them back to him despite their turning away from him over and over and over again that he was going to draw them back to him with his loving kindness and with um, his tender mercies and so I was drawing my roommate um, I don't want to say back to me. That sounds weird. But I was drawing her to me <laughs> um, in that I wasn't going to fight fire with fire. I wasn't going to um, try to one-up her in that because that's not my, even my personality. Um, but it was definitely an obstacle. And um, there's a book um, by Ryan Holiday called the obstacle, is, the obstacle is the Way. And the quote says, Obstacles are an opportunity to practice some virtue. Patience, courage, humility, resourcefulness, reason, justice, and creativity. 
I'll read one more time. Obstacles are an opportunity to practice some virtue. Patience, courage, humility, resourcefulness, reason, justice, and creativity. Now, I'm not sure if, if Mr. Holliday uh, read James, the book of James, or if this was some, from something else, but it's very similar to what James wrote about trials. And it says uh, in James verses, or chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And so in this relationship, I found my faith being tested. I didn't know at the time that's what was happening. I might have been ignorant or naive into thinking that I was just going to like will someone to love me. But in that, my faith was being tested because I had to continue to love her when it wasn't being reciprocated. And obviously, we think about the Lord and how often he does that for us. Whether we know him or not, we always find ourselves coming back to him because we've drifted. He's, not, he's never the one drifting. It's always us. And he's always drawing us back to him. And even in that, our faith is being grown. Um, and so obstacles and, and trials, they hurt and um, they don't feel great. You know, I had my friends who were like, who, what's wrong with her? Like, why is, you know, and I couldn't, I didn't have an answer. Um, and it hurt to know that, you know, I could give her something, but she didn't want it, you know. Um, and so this goes on for another, I don't know, week or so. And I had to just trust God with the heavy lifting. Um, I prayed, you know, I talked to her when I could, when she would open up to that. But ultimately, I had to trust God. And um, I don't know if this is the point that I put in there. Oh, I did. Okay. Um, <laughs> but maybe you've, you're in a situation where you've gotten your hands like way too much into it, and you need to give it into God's hands. Um, I have a situation right now with a friend who I've been trying to get them to change, and it's like God's like, I do the changing. And so I don't know if you're there with somebody. Maybe it's a loved one or a friend, but um, let God do what God's supposed to do. Um, I think Paul says one plants, another one waters, but God ultimately gives the increase. And so do what you're supposed to do and then trust God with the rest. Um, so back to the college story. This is where the breakthrough happened. So at Baylor, we uh, had to take mandatory, I would just say like Bible classes. So we had to take... Um, like an intro to the Bible and then like a uh, chapel class. And so uh, my roommate didn't like either of them. They weren't, they weren't that great, honestly. But uh, <laughs> she, one day she was like, hey, um, can you help me? Like, I don't understand the Adam and Eve story. And I was like, oh, really? 
She's like, yeah. And I was like, okay. So this is like my, this is like my gateway. This is my chance. And so I'm like, all right, calm down. You got this. You got this. Adam and Eve, real easy. And so I tell her the story and I'm, you know, adding humor here and there, making her laugh. Because I don't want to re- read it. So I'm, you know, adding stuff in there. That's still, you know, like not heretical stuff. Um, and for some reason after that moment, um, our relationship blossomed. Um, and we were able to get to the point where at the end of the year, I was going to her mother's house to spend the weekend. And we toured, walked around Dallas and egg raising canes and all that kind of stuff. Um, and not to say that every story ends that way, but to say that it can end that way. Um, and just to show that love looks differently. It doesn't always look like hugs and, and kisses and, um, and smiles. Sometimes it's struggle. Um, sometimes it's work. And so I wanted to read 1 Corinthians um, chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. And it's the love, the love chapter. And these are um, the love verses that people usually go to. So it says, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. And this was the only way that I was able to get to um, this breaking point with, with my roommate. I didn't know at the time, I had, I, this verse was not in my head at all when I was trying to, you know. But for whatever reason, I was more focused on the results of our friendship happening than her judging me in those moments. Um, and so my first point, well, I probably had a lot of points, <laughs> but um, to love without judgment. It's very hard to do because we are judgmental people. Um, it's kind of innate in us to do that. Um, but to love without judgment. And so Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, First, he says this is what he does. He is in the disciples, um, the apostles. He said, this is how you ought to regard us, as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. I care little if I am judged by you or by any human courts. Indeed, I do not even judge myself. My conscience is clear, but that does not even make me innocent. It is the Lord who judges me. And so this uh, really convicted me um, recently because I've grown up in church and I know scripture. I know a lot. I've listened to a lot of sermons and I've listened to a lot of worship songs and I pray the sinner's prayer and all these things. And we can easily begin to think that we know more than than God Um, and look down on people. Um, for whatever reason. And this just shows, like, Paul doesn't even judge himself. 
because he even knows the evil within himself. Even him being an apostle, even him knowing his conscience is clear, that still doesn't make him innocent because we're all born in iniquity and shaped in sin. And so when you love people, try to love them without judging them. I know that it's hard because you want them to be a certain way and they're not yet or for whatever reason. Um, Just think about the fact that the Lord is the ultimate judge. Going back to, um, what did I say earlier? (laughs) Um, Going back to the Lord doing the heavy lifting, he's going to get whatever vengeance, whatever revenge, whatever payback, quote unquote, that you're looking for, for, that's for God to do. So while you're here, just love people. And that doesn't mean that you're going to, um, uh, what's the word when you look over things? <laughs> um, it doesn't mean that you're going to ignore um, when someone's hurting you or when someone's hurting someone else. Um, but that the love covers that. A couple more points. So I think when I was younger, I was a lot more, uh, I cared a lot less, I'll say that. Um, Especially in that situation, I was a freshman. Um, I didn't know anyone. I was kind of had a clean slate, and so I kind of could be who I wanted to be. Um, And for whatever reason, I was really, you know, a Bible thumper, not in like the like, I wasn't like this walking around campus, but (laughs) I wasn't afraid of my faith. Um, And I wasn't afraid of who I was in that. And so I was, if I was goofy, I was going to be goofy. If I was a nerd, I was just going to be a nerd. Um, And I was going to allow God to work in that. And so whatever you have, whatever God has given you is all that you need. Um, if you are a child and you feel like you don't have anything to give, I promise you, you do. (laughs) I promise you that people are looking at you that are in your, um, classes, even your teachers are paying attention. If you are an analytical person, use that. If you like to write or if you like to sing or read, use that. Um, whatever you have is whatever you need and whatever you don't have, God will provide it in time for you when you need it. Um, And so uh, in that situation, I used humor and I don't know, my looks. (laughs) That was a joke. (laughs) Um, So yeah, whatever you have, use it as a servant to, to water or to plant a seed and to let God give the increase. And so, uh, my final points, just to put it all, oh yeah, don't ignore the small acts of kindness. Um, It was, there was another friend uh, at Baylor my freshman year. She um, was in our dorm and she sung, but she she didn't sing in, in public. And so I was a part of the gospel choir at our school. 
And some kind of way I found out she could sing. And I was like, hey, like, you should come. And she's like, oh, no, that's okay. So I'm like, all right. And we just kind of left it at that. We would still, like, go out to eat with her and just, you know, make her feel comfortable. And every now and then I would ask her, hey, you should come, blah, 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 you know. We're eating at Penland after, whatever. She's like, okay. And she, you know, doesn't show up. So a whole semester goes by. And I think the last, maybe the last week of that semester, she finally comes and she's just like, oh my gosh, like, this is amazing. Like, I don't know why I didn't come earlier. And I wasn't like, see, I told you, you should have been here. You know, it was just like, I'm glad you're here. Like, you're finally here. Um, And it was just a small, like, it was a small thing. It was just, hey, how are you doing today? You know, um, don't don't despise those things, even if it's just a, a compliment. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you out. <laughs> so, probably the first two months that I was um, made the worship leader, uh, Martha would come up to me after every Sunday and give me a hug and just say, like, I appreciate what you're doing. And what the heck? (laughs) And like it really touched me because she didn't have to do that. And um, now I feel like Jake. Oh my gosh. So yeah, you never know. You never know what can brighten someone's day or someone's month or year. Um, you never know what sticks with them. And so don't ever feel awkward. Just say it or do it. Um, and so my key points, which there might be more than this or less than this, but these are kind of the ones that I wrote down, is to pray. And to pray with an expectation that God is going to change that person, or maybe that person is you. Uh, Maybe you're the one who needs to be changed in that. With unfailing kindness, we should approach every person. Um, There's a saying that you should look at everyone as if they are Jesus, which is kind of a weird thing, but basically it's like, how would you treat Jesus if he was walking among you? Um, And so treat people with kindness. The obstacle is the way. Um, A lot of times, at least for me, I personally am not a fan of obstacles and trials and tribulations. Um, But that is where your faith grows. And that is where, um, that's where growth happens. And so don't be afraid of those times. To love without judgment, and that's 1 Corinthians 13. That love is patient and kind in all of these things. All you have is all you need. Don't ignore small acts of kindness. Make it tangible, which I'm going to get to, and then make room for God to move. And so we've already read 1 Corinthians 13, the love verse. Uh, I wanted to do an exercise, or I'm going to give you guys homework. So sometime this week, I want you to read 1 Corinthians 4, 
1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7. And then I want you to write out the verse. And can you go to the slide with the spaces? Yes. Okay. So every time the word love is in place, I want you to put your name there. And I want you to really think about, is this who I am? And obviously, you're not perfect. No one's perfect. It's not about being perfect. But it's about looking in the mirror and saying, okay, Lord, this is what your Holy Spirit has given me the power to do. Am I operating in that? And so I want you to go through each of these and say, Jessica is patient. Was I patient? (laughs) Do I need to apologize to someone for being rude or for snapping at them? Do I need to tell someone that I was jealous or envious of them? Do I need to repent of something? Do I delight in evil or do I rejoice with the truth? And I want you to go through each one of these, write it out, pray it out, whatever you need to do for however long it needs to take and to just really sit with the Lord. And if you need to repent to someone, do that. If you need to repent to the Lord, do that. But in order for us to have a summer of love, I think it starts with repentance. Um, And repentance just means turning away from what you were doing and moving towards the Lord. It's a both and. Um, It's kind of an old school word, but basically you're saying I messed up and I'm working towards something else. And so even if, Memorize the scripture if you can and just really meditate on it and just ask the Lord, Lord, what are areas in my life where I can love better? And that could be loving yourself better because we often don't do that well either. And so um, I'm going to pray for us and we'll be done for the day. Lord, I just thank you for um, your beautiful word. God, for the ways that you um, love us, God, better than we can love ourselves. And God, for the ways that you show us how to love one another. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.